Just like the last time the Giants lost a series, which was a while ago, they win the first game and then lose the rest of the games in the series. And so ultimately against the Pirates at home, it ends up being a really disappointing series loss. And I'm going to make the case that yesterday's game, the middle game of the series was really the one that got away for the San Francisco Giants, plus so much more. Uh, Michael Conforto updates. He had an injury scare, so what's the latest there? We'll get into it all next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. Check us out there if you have not already, and please hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And where we get started today is discussing what ultimately ends up being, to me, a very disappointing series loss against the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are, to their credit, like having a good season kind of unexpectedly and We'll also preview a little bit maybe the Orioles coming into town having even more. I w- their their success is a little bit less surprising, but uh, the Orioles are doing even better. The Orioles have been one of the best teams in baseball this year, uh, and they're coming into town next. But uh, when you win the first game of a series, then all you have to do is win one of the next two, and you win that series. And the Giants weren't able to get it done. And my point is going to be that yesterday's game the middle game of the series was really the one that got away for the Giants even though they started uh with a with an opener it was a bullpen game we call it a bullpen game but really it's just an opener and then Sean Manaya pitched four innings and so lately Manaya has been really good out of the pen he allowed one run no earned runs three strikeouts his last three outings against Minnesota against Milwaukee and then against Pittsburgh last night were really good. And Brebbia, I jinxed him. I said uh, before the game, I was like, he never allows a run in the first. And as soon as I said it, like when he's the opener, as soon as I said it, I was like, oh no, I shouldn't have said that. He almost never allows a run. He definitely could allow a run, but uh, it was too late. I had already said it. And with two outs, I think it was Connor Joe who kind of tormented the Giants in the series hit a home run and by the way on the flip side of that Blake Sable uh, who was selected from the Pirates in the Rule 5 draft they didn't protect him from that Rule 5 draft Reds picked him Giants traded for him and he kind of tormented the Pirates so Joe with a revenge series and also Sable with a revenge series but ultimately the Pirates get the last laugh coming away 
with two out of three. But the reason I call yesterday the game that got away was because we always knew that in game three, you're going to be facing Mitch Keller, who is having a true breakout season for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And sure enough, what did he do? I mean, he get, the Giants, when I look at this box score, the Giants today had 10 hits against Mitch Keller, one walk, he struck out eight in six innings, but really, when you get 10 hits against a guy, you should do pretty well. And I mean, they scored four runs in the game. They probably should have had a couple more based on looking at how many hits he gave up. But what happened was Alex Wood wasn't very good. And so later on, we'll discuss Alex Wood and how he just simply the numbers aren't looking so good for him. And so perhaps is it time with some of the you know, we've seen struggles in, in the rotation in certain spots with Wood and Manaya, who's moved to the pen and Stripling before he got hurt. And so at what point do you start looking to the minor leagues and you've got some guys in AAA who are close? And so, yeah, we'll get into that. But the one that got away yesterday, uh, it's, yes, a bullpen game for the Giants. But on the flip side, for the Pirates, you're facing Johan Oviedo, who just isn't a guy he isn't on the mitch keller uh kind of spectrum he's just a, a lesser pitcher than that and what did he do four and a third only three hits allowed he walked five and struck out five and four and a third so the giants ended up with seven walks in this game in the middle game and they had five hits. So five hits obviously not a lot but seven walks they had a lot of base runners you talk about like bat you know runners in scoring position numbers which we don't talk about much but the giants uh the giants with runners in scoring position went one for eight now i will just point out that the previous game where the giants won game one of the series and scored 14 runs i think they were nine for 18 and so this is one of those statistics or just numbers that i don't think like over the course of a full season, I think you're you're just going to generally see that teams perform in those situations generally how they perform in all other situations. You might not agree with that, but like you're going to say, oh, they really like couldn't they're just not clutch because of one for eight with runners in scoring position in the second game of the series but what about them going nine for 18 in the previous game so it's just one of those things where do you get that big hit or do you not and and they did not and mitch hanniger just like to specifically to call him out he had a very rough last two games of the series and he was the hottest guy coming in and so that also just goes to show you that hot streaks and cold streaks can sometimes be a thing that's not very predictive you can be hot until suddenly you're not and that's he mitch hanniger came up like four different times in the middle game of that series with guys on base second and third first and second just with a chance for just one swing of the bat all they needed was one more run to tie and two more to go ahead and win potentially but uh, they were behind, and once you got into that Pirates bullpen towards the back end, then I knew it was trouble because those guys are good, and especially David Bednar in the ninth inning. His brother, by the way, is former first-round draft pick by the Giants not long ago, a couple years ago. But David Bednar is one of the best uh, closers in all of baseball, if not the best right now. I mean, he just 
had an overpowering inning, really tough fastball. And so, yeah, losing two to one when you had that many base runners and that many opportunities, that's the one that hurts to me more than today's game. So if you could have found a way to just sneak across a win there, then today's game, yeah, you'd be disappointed not getting the sweep, but you'd still have won the series. And so it's tough. And now you have an off day to dwell on a couple straight losses. But overall, it was a good month. Giants went, what, 17 and 12, I think, in May. So you just got to turn the page, but now you have a good team coming into town. But more importantly, like injuries are a factor right now. The Giants are missing some key guys, and Michael Conforto had an awkward play at first base trying to run out, and he did successfully beat out uh, a ground ball while trying to like dodge a tag from the first baseman, and he kind of awkwardly landed on the bag. And there was some, some concern about his heel. And he had not only an x-ray, but also an MRI. So what is the latest on Conforto and just a bunch of guys? I mean, they're missing Tyro Estrada. They're missing Jock Peterson. And so the list has kind of piled up. And I think it's contributed to perhaps, I mean, if you've got Jock Peterson in there, maybe you don't lose a game two to one. Maybe he runs into one, hits splash hit number 100, and it's a whole different story. So coming up in just a minute, a minute. Uh, the latest on Michael Conforto and the other injured Giants. So we will get into all of that momentarily. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs and the NBA finals because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet, get this, up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Uh, with FanDuel, you have great promotions every day. It's a safe and secure app, which is key. You don't want to be you know, working with something you don't trust. But with FanDuel, total trust uh, with the safe and secure app, you get paid instantly as well. There's no better place to bet all the NBA Finals playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, as promised, injury updates. Michael Conforto has been, you know, one of the Giants' better best players since he had a slow start, but it's been a sustained period of just him being really good. I mean, he was the guy who drove in the one run in the two to one loss, just shot one to left field. I mean, that's kind of been the key for him and something I tweeted out, like when he finally was breaking out of his slump, he hit a home run to left field. And I was like, this is a guy, if you look at the home run spray chart, it's line to line. And so Early in the season, he was pulling everything, but now using the whole field, and that's kind of a key for him. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we'll be doing a combination of mailbag questions and also minor league updates. I know some of you have been clamoring for update, updates on some of the uh, Giants prospects. And so we'll be doing mailbag questions and getting, you know, into the latest with the prospects, including Marco Luciano. I just saw tonight hitting a no doubt home run in double A. So the latest on him and many others every day, every day, as we'll hear that tomorrow. 
The Giants play the Orioles this coming this upcoming Friday at 7:15 Pacific. You can catch every pitch of the Giants hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Search search Giants. So the latest, the very latest on Michael Conforto. So we know we learned prior to today's Wednesday's loss that he was limping noticeably in the clubhouse and that he was going to have not only an x-ray, but also an MRI. And uh, we've got reports from Alex Pavlovich and Susan Slusser. And Pavlovich says Michael Conforto's MRI came back clean. Good news. It's a heel bruise. And the Giants are still saying it's a day-to-day thing. It's a good time. Uh, for an off day for the team. That's what Pavlovich had to say. And Susan Slusser of the Chronicle says, quote, Conforto has a heel bruise, and he said it's not a bone bruise. I don't personally know the difference. How do you bruise a bone? I don't quite know, but obviously that is a thing. Uh, And Slusser continues, he is legit day to day, doesn't think it's an IL thing. So that's kind of a best case scenario. Just watching the play, I wouldn't have thought that he would have some kind of serious heel injury. It looked uncomfortable, and it, to me, it looked like he may have hyperextended the knee, but but he definitely did land a little bit awkwardly, very awkwardly, on the base as he was avoiding a tag. But uh, important for Michael Conforto to be out there, especially right now when they're missing so many guys. I mean, they're missing... Uh, Jock Peterson and Tyro Estrada, who when healthy, those are two of their big dogs. You know, those are, you know, Jock Peterson against a right-handed pitcher. He's the guy who's in there to hit fourth or whatever and just hit tanks and drive in runs and be the DH. And so having him out has hurt them. And Tyro Estrada is like their kind of Iron Man. He hasn't missed a lot of time over the last couple of years. And when he's in there, he's just so kind of, consistent and steady and just like an everyday grinder and so it's hurt having him out and a lot of brett wisely and no offense to brett wisely but he just hasn't gotten it going really on a at all consistent basis he did pick up a hit i think in the ninth inning today but obviously you're better off with tyro estrada out there and so missing those guys is key i think they're hopeful that estrada is like a minimum stay on the il And so that would make him eligible, I think, not until like June 6th or so. So it feels to me, it feels like he's been gone for a while, but it's only been a few days. So hopefully it is just a minimum stay on the IL. He's got a wrist. What is it? I had it written down and uh, and I don't have it on this page that I'm on now, but it was like wrist, not inflammation, but a wrist sprain. That's what it was. A left wrist sprain, I believe. And so an update from Slusser on a couple of injured players. She says, and I think this was from yesterday, that uh, designated hitter Jock Peterson, who has a hand bone bruise, speaking of bone bruises, he hit off a tee for the first time since his injury, and it went well, Gabe Kapler said. And Slusser also says, catcher Joey Bart, groin, meaning he's his injury is a groin injury ran the bases at close to full speed and could be on a rehab assignment as soon as this weekend uh starter ross stripling who's got a low back strain is playing catch but hasn't thrown off a mound as he resumes baseball activity my hunch is that they're not in a huge rush to get stripling back because i mean they've already got sean Manaya pitching in the bullpen they've got jacob junis as a long guy 
in the bullpen, although they are going with these bullpen games. And what we've seen from Sean Manaya has been probably enough that if someone were to go back into the rotation, it would probably be him right now. But as you, if you can, if you're on YouTube, you can see that one of the things we're going to discuss is like the possibility of do you make a call up for one of these guys from AAA, whether it's Kyle Harrison or another name that we'll get into when we discuss that. But those are the injury updates. They're generally not terrible updates. I do continue to question what is going to happen. When Joey Bart comes back, assuming, let's say, that Peterson is already back, so that takes away the DH spot from Blake Sable, and if Conforto is able to go, you've got Hanniger, you've got Conforto, you've got Yastrzemski, you've got Slater, and so are they going to carry three catchers with, I mean, is that kind of pushes Sable back to the catcher spot. I have not loved what I've seen from him defensively as of late. A lot of um, you know not blocking pitches and some pass balls. He's he's raw back there. I think the potential's there. He's been a good framer, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm not making a prediction. I'm not being negative about anyone. I just am fascinated to see what happens if Joey Bart is ready, and they've already got Patrick Bailey, who continued. He had a nice day today after a rough day in the middle game of the series and a good game in the first game of the series. But overall, Bailey's done pretty darn well and uh sable's done pretty darn well had a great offensive series and so what happens with joey bart are they going to carry three catchers sable can't really be a dh or an outfielder if conforto's back and if jock peterson is back and so that's going to be fascinating to follow joey bart can be optioned and will they do that that'll be a big question but hopefully i mean all of these guys are like None of, none of them having serious injuries and in that they're close to coming back. And that's good news, even though they're out right now. And you'd obviously like to have them in and not out. But anyway, coming up in just a minute, Alex Wood made the start today. And it was just poor. It was a poor performance. He, he just got hit around by the Pittsburgh Pirates. And so the question I have is whether it's Wood or whether it was Stripling or Manaya or whatever, it seems that there's there's a opening in the rotation. Like you could make a case that some young guy might be worth giving a look in that rotation, given that they're using bullpen games, like every turn through the rotation right now. And you're seeing a guy like Alex Wood struggle. And so is there a solution in the minor leagues? Like, would they make that move and go to somebody from the minors? Would it be Kyle Harrison? Would it be this other mystery player we'll discuss in just a minute. So before we get into that, uh, we must first tell you this. All right, as promised, we are going to discuss the arms in the minor leagues and whether or not it makes sense at some point soon to go to them, given the fact that they're using these bullpen games. It's Look, on the one hand, they're like bullpen games. On the other hand, every time Sean Manaya is like taking down a lot of innings and you've also got... Jacob June is taking down a lot of innings and these are like starter types. And so in a way, it's just like an opener for a starter like Manaya. So maybe calling them a pure bullpen game is not true. Like when you're getting four innings out of the guy who follows the opener, is that a true bullpen game? Not really. It's more like an opener. So thanks again, by the way, for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day is, like I said, tomorrow mailbag questions. I'm going to ask a fresh, fresh for fresh 
questions with a prompt on Twitter, but we've also got some left over. Also, minor league updates. Luis Matos continues to be super intriguing. And we'll discuss more about some of the guys I'm about to talk to. The Giants, by the way, they play the Orioles. They have an off day, but then they play the Orioles at 7.15 Pacific at home on Friday. Good team coming into town. And Giants have Logan Webb on the mound, I believe. coming. It's Webb, Cobb, and DiScalfani. So they're set up with their best arms against this team that is dangerous in the Orioles. So you can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Giants. So just to give you a taste of what I'm talking about, with the performance of Alex Wood today, he ends up going four and a third, eight hits, six earned runs, three walks, four strikeouts. He just was very hittable, and the season ERA climbed to 4.80. And this is the Pirates. It's not like you're facing the Dodgers here. And look, the Pirates are having a good season, and they kind of – are playing the matchups and they had a ton of right-handed hitters in there, which is, you know, if you're Alex Wood, you'd prefer to face some lefties. But at times he had like a leadoff hitter was a lefty and at the bottom of the lineup, Bay, I don't know how to say what, I can't remember his first name and middle name, but Bay batting eighth left-handed kind of early in the game. And he walked him. So you've got that platoon advantage and you walk the number eight hitter. It just sets you up for a bad inning. And that was one of the innings that spiraled out of control. It may have even been the worst inning that he had where he gave up four runs. So, yeah, I mean, the Giants jumped out to a one to nothing lead here. And then right away in the very next half inning, Wood gives up four runs. And so it was just a poor outing. And the season numbers are uh, not good. You look at a 4.80 ERA, a 4.58 fielding independent pitching, a 4.94 expected fielding independent pitching. A lot of it is with walks. I mean, this is a guy known, it's actually kind of unbelievable that he, in let's just look at 2021 and 2022 combined, his two years with the Giants, he was walking 6.1% of hitters. He walked 6.1% of all hitters he faced during his first two years with the Giants. And this year, coming into today, before he walked three more, uh, his walk rate for the season was 11.2%, so almost double what it's been with the Giants. And so that is that is kind of one of those fluky things where I think that over time that would come down, but it's been an issue. And like I said, I mean, that was a problem today. Lead-off hitter, the number eight hitter in the lineup, a lefty, you just got to challenge the guy and he couldn't, he just doesn't have that command that we kind of got used to in the first couple seasons, at least not right now. But so, like I said, you've got Alex Wood not pitching great. You've got Sean Manaya already relegated to the bullpen, but he's been super impressive in his last three appearances out of the pen. Lots of kind of strikeouts and just swinging swings and misses on fastballs in the zone, just kind of an overpowering fastball which is nice to see so he honestly you might consider flopping flip flop flip flopping wood and manaya if anything to be honest like you might start manaya and have wood pitch out of the pen that's a possibility and then you've got stripling who was really bad before going on the injured list as well so the question i have is like looking to the minor leagues obviously we all know about kyle harrison but there's another name too that i want to get to 
uh, after we discuss Kyle Harrison. So for Harrison, the the question there's no question he's a strikeout machine. I mean, he's got a forty percent strikeout rate in AAA, which is just really, really outstanding. The major league average strikeout rate is like 22, 23%. And so obviously we're talking about AAA and not major leagues, but still I don't have it pulled up, but I would imagine among pitchers with at least 30 innings, he's got 34 and a third. That's got to be either number one or top three. But 20% strikeout rate, which is way more than even double the major league average. And so that's been the problem. And so he hasn't been able to string like three starts in a row or even two starts in a row where he's just like totally in command of the zone. So he is an option, but I think that they just need to see a little bit more consistent command. But it could be like they just say, you know, good enough. Like he's he's honed it in just enough. But Farhan Zaidi did have some not harsh, but he was just blunt by saying you just we can't have him with this kind of walk rate. He's got to get it under control. And so every start is a much watch start for Harrison to see if he has that control. And the other name to watch, though, is Keaton Wynn, who, you know, his walk rate is also a little bit high, but it's 11 percent. And I call that a little bit high. And again, Harrison is at 20.4 percent. But Keaton Wynn, he just went out and had a really nice start what was it yesterday where he went four innings. They are being careful building up the arms of these young pitchers. They say that there's two reasons. Number one, they figure these guys are likely to pitch for the major league team later in the year versus earlier in the year. So they're saving some of those bullets to avoid a Steven Strasburg type situation when they shut him down for the playoffs uh, because he had reached some kind of innings limit. And also because they believe that there's research that they've done that indicates that building them up slowly is helpful to prevent injuries. And so that's why if you keep looking at these box scores, they're only going like four innings, but eventually you build them up. It's just, they want to keep them there for a while and then make that jump to the next level where it's, you know, instead of four innings, 60 pitches, it's five innings, 75 pitches. So again, injury prevention, obviously important. And so if they, if there's real evidence to support that, then I have no problem with it. But in Keaton Wynn's most recent couple of outings, really, I mean, if we combine his last two outings, he struck out 37.5% of batters, which is near um, Kyle Harrison levels. His walk rate in those two outings, just 9.4%. He has allowed in those two outings a 172 opponent average. He's got in those two outings a 1.13 ERA, a 2.18 fielding independent pitching. He's just, I mean, it's only eight innings total, but we're talking one earned run, five hits, zero homers, three walks, 12 strikeouts. And so, Importantly about Keaton Wynn, he is on the 40-man roster. So it would simply require optioning somebody and calling him up. And so I think Keaton Wynn, like, don't sleep on him as a possibility. Like, if they decide we don't want to do this bullpen start thing, we want to actually go with a starter, wouldn't be a big deal. to Like, you wouldn't have to make a corresponding 40-man move. You could just simply call the guy up. And so he's been impressive as of late, and... Uh, don't sleep on the possibility that he could be a factor 
for the Giants in the near future and definitely at some point during the season, if not in the near future. So last thing I want to say, by the way, Luke Jackson was an offseason free agent acquisition by the Giants. Relief pitcher track record with the Braves was really good in 2021, was coming off Tommy John surgery. They signed him with the intention that once he was ready, uh, once his rehab was done, that he was going to be a big part of this bullpen. And he made his debut today and he pitched really well, had uh, a one, two, three inning. I don't have the, I actually don't have the numbers pulled up. I'm going to pull them up though here. Yeah. Two strikeouts. That's what I thought. Two strikeouts, a one, two, three inning, you know, big slider that's in the upper eighties and a good upper nineties fastball as well. So get used to Luke Jackson. He's going to be a big part of the bullpen. And so congrats on him making it all the way back from the Tommy John surgery. And it's a two year contract. So again, get used to Luke Jackson. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. Mailbag questions, minor league updates, and just so much uh, to get into on this day where the Giants are off. So I'm looking forward to it. And the Giants will, after the off day, play the Orioles at 715 Pacific on Friday. Logan Webb on the mound. It's a big series. It's a you know a lot of orange. Orioles don't come into town very often. They're playing good baseball. So I can't wait, but hopefully the Giants can win some games and win a series, get back to their winning ways in a new month. You can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SSXM app, Search Giants. Once again, my name's Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot, so thanks in advance, and thank you to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.